from June, July, August, man, we were just crushing it. Every day was better than the day before. And then something happened, not just with Swallow Hill, but with music all over the place at the end of August was there was a cliff. Welcome to the latest episode of our Good and Grounded podcast, a project that our GFM and Center Table team created as a way to shed light on some of the biggest issues and some of the bigger challenges facing our Colorado community. I'm here along with my co-host, Jim Licko, and I'm Laura Love. In today's episode, we're joined by a great friend of ours whose background and experience literally runs the gamut from legal field to politics, from fundraising to education and from public affairs to music, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, Paul Levine is the chief executive officer of Swallow Hill Music, uh, an organization that has more than 40 years of history in Denver with bringing the joy of music to life every day. Um, this comes in the form of music lessons, community outreach, and live music events, and specifically music education in under-resourced communities in and around Colorado. Um, if you've been to a concert at the Denver Botanic Gardens, there's a good chance it was brought to you by Swallow Hill. And if you haven't seen a show at Daniels Hall in Swallow Hill's Yale Avenue facility, go ahead and put that on your live music bucket list for the coming year because it's a great place to go see a show. Um, Paul has been at the helm of Swallow Hill since 2015 and has been through an amazing amount of transformative change within the organization since that time. Um, I'm sure there's very little that compares to, however, what's gone on in the last 18 months. Uh, Paul, welcome to the podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, you all. I'm thrilled. Thank you so much. I just want to say, Jim, that next guest we have on, can they not have a great radio voice? Because Paul has <laughs> the best radio voice of anybody I've ever heard. And it just makes you and I sound bad. You know, all it takes really is just a little bit of an investment in a in a in a boom mic, and then and then you're all set. Awesome! <laughs> I'm going to put one in for 2022. See, we're we're, we're being educated about sound <laughs> and music right now. So that's right. Paul Swallow Hill provides in-person concerts and music lessons, and in-person school programming for young kids. And I stress in-person because as of March of 2020, that was no longer an option. Walk us through how you and your team responded to the pandemic lockdown and what the new normal has looked like for Swallow Hill since last spring. Sure. Uh, and to put it into a little bit of perspective, prior to our lockdown, we were the country's second largest acoustic music school. In 2019, we provided 19,000 private lessons and ran 1,200 group classes. We uh, presented 250 concerts, bringing 70,000 concert goers together over the course of the year. Uh, and on our community outreach programs, our Little Swallows Early Childhood Education, um, we were working in 29 schools, working with 2,500 preschoolers every week in a formal music education program. And on March 13th, all of that came to a screeching halt. Um, we moved quickly. Some at the time thought we were too fast in our decision-making. We let go of a third of um, all of our full-time staff and all of our 70 instructors. We had kind of taken a um, a scan of the environment and had been for, you know, those weeks leading up to the closure and nothing about it felt right or felt good. And looking back, um, that's probably what has um, positioned Swallow Hill where we are now, uh, which is in a, in a pretty healthy place. But that was, that was the first week. Um, literally, if that Friday, the 13th, we were closed down by the following Friday, that's when the layoffs occurred. Um, and it took us a hot minute to figure out what we were exactly going to do. We knew we had to do something. And we 
started down the road of, well, let's let's pivot and do online music instruction. We'd never gone online before, but we had um, a lot of people uh, on our team and teachers that just wanted to go back to work that were helping us think through how we could make those mechanics work. And that was the that was the start of our online school. We did the same with live streaming of concerts. We had never done a live stream show before and we had to go down the road. And so uh, over the course of the next six months from about mm, June on, we live streamed every single night of the week. Uh, we did 180 live stream shows. Um, we had 126,000 Facebook views. We did a virtual tip jar and we split all of our proceeds with the artists. We had artists from 29 states, from four different countries. And we kind of instantly became an international folk music organization online. Uh, our music school at our height, we had 600 students from 43 cities and towns across Colorado, from 20 states, from a couple different countries. We were, uh, we, we've been employing 40 teachers in our online efforts. And so all of that was still a tiny, tiny part of what we usually are in person, but it gave us hope, it gave us work to do, it gave us uh, a stage to put our artists on and, and a platform for our teachers, and here we are today. That's incredible. I, I think of all of the leaders we've talked to, you're definitely top three or four of truly taking you know, a lemon and making some lemonade out of it. So congratulations. But speaking of after that hot minute that you mentioned, you obviously have made a ton of changes in the last 18 months. And my guess is that some of those, based on what you said, are going to stick around. So when you think about the innovations that came out of and are still coming out of where we are right now, which ones are going to stick around, do you think? We learned we learned so much. Um, one of the things that we found in our online streaming concerts uh, from Ju June, July, August, man, we were just, I guess that was actually April, May, June, July, August, uh, upward curve. We were crushing it. Every day was better than the day before. And then something happened, not just with Swallow Hill, but with music all over the place at the end of August was there was a cliff and people stopped uh, tuning in to streams. And so, you know, that, that was one of the big learnings. Um, we are still looking at how do we provide live streams of our concerts moving forward when we go back in person, but we don't know really what the national appetite is going to be. And so that's, we're going to, we're going to be doing a lot of learning uh, in the future on that. Um, with our online music school, we absolutely know that, that that is a place where we can grow and expand, uh, that there are uh, people that want to take classes all over the country, um, all over the state, and they're bound by geography, right? They can't get to Swallow Hill. And the same goes for teachers that will be great online music teachers. That's just going to be part and parcel of, of what we're doing. And in fact, in the, in the weeks to come, we're going to be posting a new job uh, that's never been at Swallow Hill before, an associate director of our online music school that will do nothing but focus on, 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 that, on, on that work. That's great. Innovation at its finest. So I have to ask, because I know you did not do this without your entire team. No leader can. But for you personally, as a leader, and you think about your biggest lessons to come out of the last 18 months, can you share some of those? You know, um, we have an amazing uh, leadership team. And none of this could have been possible without without everybody pulling in the same direction. You know, I think one of the lessons is uh, communications has to be a top priority, especially during periods of crisis. Uh, communications has to be transparent, clear, honest. It, it's uh, in some ways the key, key to the kingdom. 
and we never kind of um, talked about the cup being half full. It was always filled with optimism, with hope, uh, with mission and purpose, right? Because if you if you're building a culture that uh, you want to achieve great things. You want to put that vision out there and and get it excited about it. And our entire team was excited about it. You know, I think every crisis presents an opportunity for learning and growth. Um, we do our best learning from the mistakes uh, we make and the challenges we face. And so, you know, the lesson is embrace those moments and capitalize on them. And then, and then I think the the other part of it was um, that leaders have to. In those times of crisis, they have to make difficult decisions. But you gotta you gotta rip the bandaid off, and you gotta move forward. And uh, being flexible and adaptive, uh, and and figuring out ways to to get through. Yeah, perseverance, right? I'm interested in in this this next bit of information, hearing from you on it, because we've talked with a lot of nonprofits that do great work in town, and and a lot of them, I think, are are very, very vital services in a lot of ways. This is, you know, housing for people. This is food for people and things like that. Taking a step back to the broader mission of Swallow Hill, which is bringing the joy to music to life every day. Um, why is music education important? What what kind of effect does a strong music presence have in a community? Well, at Swallow Hill, we um, really take two approaches. One is um, the experiential approach to music. The other is the educational approach. From a purely educational perspective, music connects the right and left sides of the brain. It drives greater capacity for learning math and language. Um, it's a strong component of social and emotional health. Uh, imagine trying to learn the ABCs without the melody that we <laughs> attach to it. <laughs> totally. Right. Music is is just part and parcel of, of learning, especially in the in the preschool and the elementary school levels. Look at everything that Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and the electric company, it was all done through music. From a societal perspective, music brings community it brings community together. It uh, it acts as a glue in the creation of social capital. Music's part and parcel to our celebrations. Uh, it's a salve that heals us as we get through the dark times. So on this next part, if you feel the need or the desire to sing your answers, it's totally fine. <laughs> so we like to spend a little time with our guests just to get to know them on a more personal level. So just entertain us for a little bit. And um, this is the lightning round portion of the interview. And you're always welcome to say pass if you can't think of your answer. But I doubt it. You know, just knowing you and talking to you for a few minutes, that will not be the case. All right. First question. What is your most memorable concert from your childhood? Oh, from my childhood, uh, Genesis. It was just an amazing show. Uh, I don't even remember what what grade I was in, but that that was pretty spectacular. That's awesome. And not to date you, but what about your adulthood? Uh, you know, actually, that's a pretty easy one. Um, uh, it was Hot Rise at the Botanic Gardens. Um, it was in 2015. It was the first show that summer. Um, but the reason is because when I was in college, I got turned on to bluegrass music for my very first time with Hot Rise, Red Knuckles, and the Trailblazers. Um, and so there I am, newly, uh, you know, uh, um, hired CEO of Swallow Hill, and our first show that summer is Hot Rise. And those were like all the gods, right? Uh, um, Tim O'Brien and Nick Forrester, and not only to be able to be at the show, but to be at the sound check and to introduce myself to these guys. And they're all like, 
hey, that's really cool that you're in this position. And I was like, oh my God, I'm bowing down. I to really them. am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah, right. <laughs> What about yourself? Do you play instruments? Which ones? I have played the guitar for 25 years. I've dabbled with uh, the mandolin and the ukulele. You know, I, I'm not really ever seeking a stage, but <laughs> I like to, I always like to say, I sound better when you all are drunk. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, so what is the most interesting skill you have or random skill you have that no one knows about? Jesus, random skill. I'll skills. let you think about it. Mine, for example, and Jim thinks it's Miss Pac-Man, but it's not, is that I'm an excellent parallel parker. Oh, nice one. Thank you, random. Very useful too. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't used the skill for a while, um, but in politics, I taught myself how to code access databases. And so I got pretty sophisticated in the types of targeting that we were doing doing my own coding work. Right. Laura's face to that answer was awesome. She was just like, that sounds awful. Breaking <laughs> <laughs> out hives. Oh, okay, we will make this super easy. Aside from Daniels Hall and Red Rocks, what's your favorite live music venue in Denver? Um, I think my favorite live music venue is the Denver Botanic Gardens. It's, uh, it's in the round, it's unique. It's set in a, in a, in a gorgeous setting. Um, you can bring your own bottle of wine and your own block of cheese. I mean, what could be better than that? That's awesome. What is your favorite Colorado outdoor activity? You've been in Colorado since college. I think you maybe moved away for a stint and came back. But what's your favorite, like, this is the total Colorado activity? What, what's your outdoor thing? I've been on the top of uh, um, 14ers 34 times. Um, uh, I love those big summits. Everybody says, oh, it's it. go to the 13ers because nobody's there. Yeah, but they're 13ers. They're not 14ers. <laughs> Why do I want to do a 13er when there's 14ers? Um, uh, my daughter, uh, my eldest is now away at summer camp. She's 14 uh, and she just bagged four, four more 14ers herself uh, this summer. And so, uh, you know, I think there's, there's going to be a little bit of a challenge between the two of us. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love being in the, in the wilderness. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So you are a perfect segue to our last question. So you have two girls, right? 14 and? And 11. 11. Okay. I have 12 and 10, so I get it. But boys, we won't let them meet ever. Um, who are their favorite artists? Uh, Jesus. Why can't I no? I can't even remember her name right now. The album is Sour. Uh, Gab, uh, uh, Gabrielle. We gotta Google it. Uh, Olivia oh, Rodrigo. Cool Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and I love Olivia Rodrigo. Um, <laughs> they love Olivia Rod Rodrigo. I love Olivia Rodrigo. Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga. They love the hits. I'm trying to get them into some good old fashioned 1970s rock and roll. Uh, they're kind of coming, kicking and screaming, uh, <laughs> but they are really steeped in, uh, in, in current pop hits these days. That's fair. That's well, fair. We, we like to um, kind of end people with a with call to action, a, a, way, a way to help out, a way to get involved, a way to roll up their sleeves and, and, and support their community in some way. I know you guys have like so much positive energy coming coming out of this pandemic, hopefully out of this pandemic. Um, you know, you, you got a big grant from the Shutter Venues Operating uh, Grant. You, you, you've made a couple really awesome big hires to get you guys back up to speed. But what does the next six months look like and where can people help out, support, show support for Swallow Hill Music? We are coming back in person uh, in September with our classes, we'll be back in person as well as online. Our, uh, our concerts will be back in person starting on September 10th with Tony Trishka, Daniels Hall. Um, I, you know, I would say come and visit us at swallowhillmusic.org. Come to our concerts. Um, pick up the instrument that you always wanted to play and sign up for a class or a lesson. 
become a member of our community. Help us sustain our work. You know, we we talk about uh, community two different ways. We talk about community outreach, doing our work in our under-resourced community uh, across the, the metro area. But we also have community that we build within our four walls, people that just want to get together. 80% of all of our students are adults. They're coming in after work. They want to they want to talk to their friends. They want to improve uh, a hobby. Um, they want to have an adult beverage. <laughs> it's a way for, for people to come together. And that's what made the last year and a half so hard. Um, and we're really excited to come back together in September. That's great. Paul, we appreciate the time. Thank you for coming on. And and for the listeners out there, uh, do go and check out, like, even if you're just dabbling in an instrument, it's like the best thing to go check out to, to, to go take a class from Swallow Hill because there's like zero judgment, a bunch of totally just accepting cool people that want to get together and play an instrument. Uh, it is it is so much fun if you're into music and, and want to learn a little bit more. So check that out. Awesome. I'm going to pick up a recorder class. <laughs> So, you know, we talked about innovations and what might stick around after this um, crazy pandemic is behind us, knock on wood. But one of the things that has come out of this that I've really enjoyed in the music scene is the evenings al fresco at the Denver Botanic Gardens. For those that have spent their summers in their traditional concert setting, visitors can now stroll through the gardens. You can encounter small, socially distanced ensembles, musicians, performing works. You can bring your own food and beverages in, and it's really a lot of fun. So if you haven't had a chance to attend, um, and hopefully they will keep it up in 2022, make sure you do next summer. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're actually headed in a couple nights and I'm excited about that. And, and just concerts in general, outdoors, it's it feels good to A, be able to enjoy summer, to have some sense of normalcy. Levitt Pavilion, I know a lot of friends have been talking about kicking out great concerts there, being outdoors and having that sense of like, you don't really have to think too much about what the rules and regulations are when it comes to distancing and things because you're already outside. It's just, it's just kind of nice. So that is definitely a cool thing. Um, speaking of which, uh, we think that this podcast is a cool thing. And if you want to learn more about it, uh, go to goodandgrounded.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and if you hear of a good story that needs to be shared, let us know. Drop us a line, subscribe, share, and let's do some good in our Colorado communities. Mm-hmm.